So on today's episode about coping with the pandemic blues, we talk about the term Zoom fatigue and why communicating online is so exhausting and taxing for people. We talk about how we can help ourselves cope with the uncertainty and grief of losing our loved ones, and we also discuss about how several Indians feel that the second lockdown in 2021 has hit them much harder mentally than the first one. So on today's episode, where we talk about coping with pandemic blues, Manish, what is the difference between pandemic and survivor's guilt, and what kind of things do we feel guilty about in a pandemic? All right, thank you, Aman, uh, for that question. So, firstly, uh, just to acknowledge how difficult uh, of a time that all of us are in right now. Now, you know, things have become quite intense, especially in the past few months. Uh, you know, from the date of that we're talking right now. So the difference between a pandemic and a survival's guilt is that the survival's guilt happens perhaps within a pandemic or any other natural disaster. So let me explain to you what a what survival's guilt is. Basically, suppose for instance you are at a mall or a shopping mall, and you know there is a bomb blast or something like that, and you survived that. Mm-hmm. That's where the survival guilt, survivor's guilt, comes about. And right now in the pandemic with COVID nineteen, what happens is that we see a lot of people. that we know or that we know of uh, are dying or are almost on the verge of dying unfortunately and some of us who have survived have gotten the virus and have survived might be experiencing what is called a survivors guilt that did i deserve to live uh, sometimes what has happened is people have lost their entire families parents so sometimes a individual might feel that i should have been the one who should have died because because my father or mother is no more who is going to take care of my sibling you know so these are the certain ways in which the survivors guilt comes about a lot of people might be very affected by all the deaths that you know we have been exposed to uh, and as a result of which they might be feeling guilty about them living and someone else that they know not living as well uh, and right now it has become so stretched out and elongated that it's just not you know limited to you experiencing something but you know you may know of someone who has lost someone and you may feel guilty that okay how do you have you know not lost anyone so a lot of these things uh, come about and these are sort of the things that people feel guilty about about being alive uh, about not being the you know one that who passed away unfortunately mm-hmm. and there's a lot of other thoughts that come about in the survival survivors guilt as well and other forms of guilt such as you know the privileges that all of us have some of us might be feeling guilty about how we can be safe and you know relatively safe and sound in our homes and we have the privileges whereas others so for instance healthcare workers who are literally out on the field and other frontline workers who are out in the field so you, we might feel guilty about that as well uh, yeah. about the social inequalities become more and more profound it was always there but the social inequalities have just come to the foreground even more so right now and so we might even feel guilty about that as well yeah hmm. right so uh, my next question is very relevant to uh, a lot of kids minds uh, why did pandemic lead to increased insomnia and erratic sleep schedules mostly because there's a sense of pointlessness that might have taken over all of us uh, you know we don't know what's going to happen the next day we don't know what uh, the question that you know i find myself asking myself as well and i hear my you know sister asking my sister is of your age she is also in 12 she is 18 that you know why why do i need to wake up on time and why do i need to do things on time so everything has become quite erratic earlier we had something to wake up for say you know going to school going to work going to college uh, we all of us had different different reasons but right now none of that matters uh, to be honest because a lot of things have become life and death situation 
So as a result of which, you know, getting proper sleep or just, you know, being focused sometimes can go haywire. And I feel that is completely all right. Insomnia could be because of, say, extreme stress, uh, because of uncertainty uh, that's out there in the world. Uh, you know, we, we may find ourselves scrolling through Instagram, through Reels, through Facebook, you know, going into a YouTube uh, rabbit hole or just binging on Netflix more than what we used to do before. Mm -hmm. And that might just be because death is quite literally knocking on our doors or it's in our backyard. So, you know, a lot of meaninglessness, I would say, has overwhelmed us. Pointlessness has overwhelmed us. We have not necessarily something to look forward to. And that is a feeling that, you know, I have been experiencing personally and a lot of the people that I work with have also been experiencing uh, recently. As a result of which sleep just goes for a toss. Sometimes you can't sleep or sometimes there is insomnia and sometimes there is hypersomnia where you are sleeping uh, more than usual. So you're sleeping for 10, 11 hours and you don't want to get out of bed because there isn't much to look forward to. Additionally, physically also what used to happen earlier was that we used to go to school or we used to go to college or office. So there would be an amount of traveling that is required, say movement in the sun, you know, catching the school bus or catching, you know, the taxi or the auto. And that would exhaust it physically as well. But right now, all we that we do is either we are doing our classes from our bed or, you know, we just move from our bed to the table. So there isn't also enough physical exhaustion uh, that is necessary for us to feel tired. So, you know, we are mentally tired. Uh, we might be physically feeling fatigued as well, but not enough tired for our body to tell us that, hey, you need to get some rest. And this isn't something that happens over a day. This has been happening. It takes weeks and weeks to build on. And that's sort of what the reality has become right now. Hmm. Right. I, I just feel like, yeah, every, everyone feels like, you know, a lot mm -hmm. of people feel like every day is a Sunday now. Like, you know, yeah. I've, I've seen this surfacing a lot on the internet. And uh, yeah, I, I also feel like people uh, sleep at very odd hours because they try to overwork themselves. Because, you know, I see a lot of people being told or a lot of people even saying that, you know, uh, if you're sitting at home all day, why don't you be productive? Why don't you pick up yeah. a skill? Why don't you learn something? Yeah. And so people who hear this, they yeah. tend to like, you know, they, so, they sort of feel bad because if they're not doing something, yeah. they feel bad. Like, yeah. which they shouldn't because we're in a pandemic. You're not supposed to, you're not expected to be, uh, you know, be be very productive but yeah. they sort they tend to feel bad and then they try to stay you know uh, stay up extra try to put in a lot of work and then their health goes for a toss yeah so i feel like that's true. also one of the reasons yeah, why yeah. a lot of people stay awake yeah if i can add on to that aman it's quite yeah. counterproductive uh you know to be put pressurized on to be pressurized for just you know picking up a hobby doing something learning something like yeah. i said we are sort of in a fight or flight mode right now so either, you know, we are very afraid or we are just, you know, we feel like quitting things and that is completely all right. And I think it's important that all of us listen and, you know, you need to hear that, that if you are not doing something, that's okay. Because this is a pandemic of humongous scale. And something that I find telling my clients, uh, you know, Aman and to all the listeners here that I tell them, I don't know what to say. That's that's what I tell them. And, you know, I, I kind of joke around about how, no one gave us a handbook of how to deal with the pandemic. No yeah. one told us in a master's training program that here there's going to be a bloody pandemic. And, you know, these this is how you respond. All of us are dealing with it for the first time. So there is no right way of going about it. And the massive scale that we are seeing is also unparalleled. There have been pandemics in the, uh, in the past, but not on the scale that we're seeing right now, especially given the internet and, you know, the technology that we have. 
and i think that's that's important and also i i see a lot of corporate workers being overworked as well because there is no proper boundary they are asked to work till like 1 am 2 am or asked to get up at 6 am and you know do their work so you know that's also happening in a lot of different settings you know which might again yeah. lead to you know impact in mental health and physical health yeah yeah all right so can you talk a little bit about this recently coined term called zoom fatigue and mm-hmm. why is communicating online so exhausting and taxing for people hmm well so before you know i i talk about zoom fatigue what's important for us to perhaps acknowledge that earlier we used to meet people physically right so there used to be a sort of conversation that used to happen you know say water cooler conversations like they call it in corporates or just you know you would hang out with your friends in the corridors of your school or you know hang out with your friends in the corridors of your college and so there would be an interpersonal communication there where you can actually feel the person's presence physical presence now because of zoom you have a pseudo uh you know presence of the other person the person is there but also not really there you are quite literally talking through a screen and we are sort of still adjusting to that now when that happens on an elongated prolonged time you know a uh, day and day out and you know weeks on what happens is that you reach a sort of fatigue where you don't want to talk to someone through a screen because mm-hmm. talking to someone physically influences or impacts how you feel you feel warmth you feel someone else's literal presence right now when we look at a screen our brain is convincing us and saying as we are registering we know that the other person is there on the other side of the screen but at the same time the other person isn't there which means mm-hmm. that the other person is present physically and mentally but the nonverbal benefits that we have such as that of warmth such as that of presence is sort of taken away from us and that sort of leads to more and more zoom fatigue what can also happen is say earlier you had a meeting at a corporate uh, the people would meet before say 5 minutes 10 minutes they would drink coffee together they would you know drink tea together they would go down for some breaks a cigarette break or any other form of breaks right mm-hmm. and what would happen is they would get to converse with each other get a break but right now it's just one meeting after the other whereas there is no space or time for chit chat or communication just banter you know just jokes that's that's just thrown out and same with schools and colleges as well basically because then what happens is that you know earlier you used to go out with your friends you know say to the washroom or just mm-hmm. hang around the quadrangle and just you know have fun or bunk a few classes uh, you know yeah. even in school or colleges i don't encourage it but you know that's what the rea- reality is and yeah. that would be fun you know we need that sometimes we need that but right now bunking class literally means nothing it's the same thing you just either lying in your bed or you're watching something it's not what it used to be before because even though you knew that you know you would be in more trouble if you got caught bunking in class there was a sort of excitement fun play that's been taken away from us we don't have that anymore and because of that it adds to more and more fatigue earlier earlier we had a lot of filters between one class to another going to the water cooler and i'm thinking about my school time you know i'm thinking about my college mm-hmm. time where i would just hang around and walk out and just you know go get some chai in between you know after say you know one two classes have ended in my college in my class i'll go get some chai hang out with my friends you know get something to eat and that yeah. would be fun and right now you don't have that you are in one space and you're doing one thing everything's become so monotonous that it is you know extremely extremely exhausting and yeah. that is why communicating online is so exhausting and taxing for people because when we communicate with someone it's not just about what we are saying but it's also about how we are saying it it's also about when we are saying it 
And right now, the how and the when have sort of gone for a toss. And it's always the same thing over and over again. So that's why it, it's ex extremely exhausting. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Like, I think there's a lot of emotional exhaustion as well. Like, you know, mm -hmm. sometimes, like, as students, like you said, we're just frustrated, you know, seeing that Zoom call. Like, we can't live those that school life anymore, you know, physically. Yeah. Like, you know, bunking classes and doing all of that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it just gets really, really frustrating. And we just want to, you know, end the Zoom call and just, just not talk to anybody. Definitely. Like, that, 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 yeah. that, that, I think that's the feeling. Yeah, like, you know, when you say that, Aman, what it makes me think of is that all of us feel trapped, you know, I would say in so many different ways, yeah. uh, you know, mentally, physically, we are quite literally in, you know, a lockdown or to different parts or different extents in different parts of the country. But, you know, there's a sense of being trapped uh, spiritually and mentally as well, where you can't do things that earlier you had the freedom to do. And that can, again, be more and more exhausting. You know? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Right. So, Anish, how can we help ourselves cope with the uncertainty and grief of losing our loved ones? Uh, I'll have to say I don't know on this one, Aman. Uh, and right. uh, it's there, there isn't any particular way of coping with uncertainty and grief of losing our loved ones. So if you find yourself crying, that's all right. If you find yourself that you are unable to cry, that's all right too. Grief has a very peculiar way of showing up in different forms and at different times and it shows up uh, in ways that you you know you can't imagine so there mm -hmm. isn't any particular way of coping with grief and uncertainty right now to be honest you know i can tell you certain say strategies cognitive strategies certain ways of being i can you know say, talk about strategy steps advices none of yeah. it would matter personally you know honestly because each one of us are exp have been experiencing this in a very nuanced way so any generalized way of coping might not be applicable to us uh, right. and at the same time if there is one way uh, that can help if anything is to be in contact is to check in on your friends on your people you know try try to talk about anything do anything that you wish to do and sometimes if you want to be alone please be alone and at the same time make some time out uh, to talk to someone if you feel like talking or it need not be about you know losing someone it can be about just you know doing something together working together so some might say that you know if you are grieving don't work if you are grieving and it is work that helps you to cope please go ahead if you are grieving and you just want to lie on your bed all day and cry please go ahead if you are grieving and you just want to play games for eight hours straight I wouldn't suggest doing eight hours straight, but yes, please play games. Yeah, yeah. take breaks in between. Uh, don't play eight hours straight, but you know, uh, you get the gist of what I mean. Yeah. There isn't yeah. a particular way of dealing with grief and uncertainty, and I, and I, I always feel apologetic about it because I feel sometimes it's expected of a psychologist to tell that, hey, how do I deal with uncertainty and anxiety and grief and Sometimes I tell, you know, uh, them like, you know, please tell me once you have figured it out. I would also like to know how you're dealing with the uncertainty and anxiety because yeah. I am also having a very hard time doing that as well. Mm -hmm. So no, no particular way, you know, to, of coping with what's been happening. You know. So what I was saying is that I agree with you, you know, mm -hmm. uh, it's very specific to every individual. Like there's no concrete answer to how to deal with grief, mm -hmm. like, you know, mm -hmm. for like a collective. 
and like uh, like and you're not expected to have an answer like i know you're a psychologist but i mm-hmm. think it's wrong of people to expect you to have an answer to that yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. not everyone can have an answer to that and mm-hmm. is not supposed to have the answer to that okay yeah. thank you for saying that i mean yeah right. so uh, a lot of indians i feel like have mm-hmm. felt that this tw- uh, the 2021 lockdowns have hit them harder mentally than the ones in 2020 why mm-hmm. why do you why do you think that has happened Mm-hmm. Uh, I think firstly, I mean, this is a very, very valid and important question. Uh, it is quite true. I would say that uh, the COVID, this second wave, has hit us harder. Not only in terms of say, you know, the number of deaths and the number of uh, cases that we are seeing, but mentally as well. The why is because in 2020, when the pandemic hit us, we were sort of still reeling with it. We were coping with it. We were adapting to it, and it had its own consequences. But for a majority of us, we had the privilege and the luxury to dissociate from what's happening outside. Now, what has happened is that that privilege, that luxury, is gone, because at least you know we know at least someone, or we know someone who knows someone who either has the virus. or has you know lost someone because of mm-hmm. the virus so yeah. what has happened earlier it would be mostly numbers it would be okay yeah, people are dying people are getting affected and you know things are bad right now it's like oh things are bad with me things are have bad things are happening to the people that i know so what has happened is that the virus has come to our backyard uh, you know it's sort of like our backyard is burning earlier it was the other locality or the other town so we were still aware of something is happening we could see the flames going up in the sky but right now it is affecting us more and more so because it's happening right in our backyard and that is why it's just affected us even more so and we thought that okay you know uh, after the first wave that okay we are good to go there was some sense of normalcy that started resuming uh, in different parts of the country and you know different people thought okay yeah perhaps the virus is gone and you know we as a country have you know successfully dealt with it and then you know came the case of 3 lakh 4 lakh cases a day and 4000 deaths per day and you know we have seen all of us have seen if you are you know, if you are watching the news and are on social yeah. media of cities becoming graveyards yeah, uh, yeah. parks being translated into burning pyres and you know that something really really will impact us and that is why even though the lockdown seems of a similar nature to that of last year the only difference and the most important difference right now is that it's impacting us more personally than it did here and that's why it's impacting us even more so yeah yeah i feel like the news also affects very negatively mm-hmm. like you know mm-hmm. seeing the numbers like compared to last year the numbers are way 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 higher it's like yeah. gone up by 100 200% yeah so i think that really negatively affects us and like you know like you said like last year we just knew someone who contracted the virus so you know mm-hmm. we knew how to, we were learning how to deal with it but like now that you know that you know you know people who are mm-hmm. uh, sort of losing their life to the virus and all that yeah. i think it scares you more yeah it like, that has become more and more real now you know earlier yeah. people would see what would happen last year i find myself conversing with my peers as well that last year we knew that even if we did get the virus like you know our age strata say 20 to 28 30 we would recover but this time this wave uh, basically what has happened is people our age are also dying so it yeah. becomes even more and more stressful i recently read this article i don't know if it was by vice or something all right or forbes i don't know where they talked about india's youth 
and how the pandemic has you know perhaps taken us back generations because when you look at worldwide india has the most youth population right now in the working population strata yeah. 21 to 40 years like you know the one that you know can do the most work and yeah. we were the age or the generation that expected the country to be taken forward in terms of say employment and opportunities and all of that but because of the pandemic because of you know how our economy is going and the lack of employability has you know skyrocketed as a result of which the entire indian youth population the working population seems to be very demotivated and you know on the verge of perhaps clinical depression if i may you know hypothesize here which is definitely going to impact the economy in ways that we don't know see economy is not just about you know you know fiscal deficit or just you know the gdp it's also about the workers it's about who we are the ones that make up the economy and we are the ones who are on the verge of you know severe mental uh, illnesses and mental difficulties and that will impact how the workforce is like that will impact how families are made you know so a lot of these things have you know really shaken us off and i think that's you know seriously worth considering uh, you find a lot of people talk about mental health these days especially on the news and news anchor but it's yeah. also quite clickbait i feel you know now yeah, just because it's not just because it's trendy people are talking about it and no systemic change happens you're still talking sometimes you're talking about how to take care of yourself during the pandemic what to do what not to do all of those are important i do encourage some conversation but it's not mm-hmm. enough it's it's really not now so yeah. yeah yeah i feel like they just uh, like you said jumping on the bandwagon or jumping on yeah, the hype you know yeah, they yeah. just mm-hmm. they don't really care about it they just care about it because the people around them care about it that's mm-hmm. how i see it yeah definitely mm-hmm. right. so manish in what ways have people grown during this pandemic like can you elaborate on the post traumatic growth the most people that most of us have gone through mm-hmm. uh so firstly i mean uh, i i wouldn't be so you know colloquial with the term trauma uh, some of us might actually have had traumatic experience during the pandemic and some of us might have extremely stressful uh, experiences during the pandemic but not necessarily say traumatic so first i would like to acknowledge that uh, secondly those who are experiencing really really traumatic experience of say having lost loved ones their life you know way of life being taken away from them they are still reeling in that trauma so what's 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 the fact of the matter is that the post trauma hasn't happened yet we are still in it you know it's sort of like we're still in the storm so uh, growth and processing sometimes you know happens a lot in hindsight and when you are in the eye of the storm you really cannot think about how this is helping you grow you know say as a sailor or as a person in life right now we are still uh, you know in the in, in the in the eye of the storm so i i really won't be able to comment on you know what post traumatic growth has happened we'll have to wait i would say a year or two years or three years uh, you know to really understand how it has impacted us because we will have to look back on 2020 2021 i i would say even till 2022 and see how this has impacted us in 2025 or 2026 so you know it will take a lot of time i can tell you some things uh, but that would be very basic that would be very peripheral so mm-hmm. you know it's important that we don't perhaps comment on it right now because we still need to see how this pans out because we are very much during it and at the same time if there is some growth you know not necessarily post traumatic growth but some growth uh, during the pandemic uh, it's it's difficult to comment on that as well because you know it it sort of goes back to our earlier conversation and one as to how some people feel pressurized to grow 
to take yeah. courses or to this or that. So it sort of would be like that. Oh, should I also be growing during this pandemic in one way or the other? No, mm -hmm. not necessarily because growth looks different and it's not linear. So you know, it's 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 a difficult uh, area to compliment a uh, comment on. Uh, but it's also a very valid question. Uh, it is something that will be answered and has to be answered in the years to come, but not right now. Uh, personally, uh, as a therapist, as a psychologist, and, and as an observer, as an mm -hmm. active observer of what's been happening, I feel afraid. Uh, I would say other therapists, other psychologists might not share my feeling. But personally, I have a sense of fear and dread about where this is taking us mentally. And, you know, it might push us back uh, to, you know, generations where our parents had to struggle. Uh, yeah. when, when you look at, you know, uh, the partition, I very distinctly remember my father telling me last year in 2020, uh, when the laborers, the migrant laborers were walking thousands of kilometers, mm -hmm. that this feels like the partition, you know, and uh, my grandfather actually uh, was a partition child uh, mm -hmm. uh, during, he came from Bangladesh to Assam in 1947. So, mm -hmm. you know, that, 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 that was kind of a very shocking thing to hear my father talk about, you know, because he has heard all the stories from his mm -hmm. dad. And so when he told me this last year, and then, you know, it really stuck a chord with me. And I see and I observe things right now. And it, 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 it makes me feel very afraid of what lies ahead, how we will be. What, uh, you know, scares me the most, Naman, is not being depressed, being anxious, or being traumatized. Uh, because I think that is still better. What uh, scares me the most is suppression. I think we will try to move on with this as if nothing ever happened. And I think as a you know group of people, we have a tendency of doing that. I don't, yeah. I, I'm afraid that we will not give ourselves enough time to process all of this or they will, there wouldn't be enough spaces, uh, you know, for us to process what life means to us, what death means to us. Because we are still, you know, you and I are still reeling with the questions about, say, you know, what will happen after your boards or, you know, what will happen to my career? You know, yeah. you know, I, I want to do a PhD later on as well. So I don't know. So and what might happen, you know, after things do get better and I hope things get better soon, we might just jump onto that instead mm -hmm. of actually processing what all of us have experienced thoroughly. You know, that would be, you know, uh, a learning that we must take from this and not to just suppress it. And that, that's something that worries me. It's not mental illness or mental health difficulties which worries me as much as ignorance of those. You know, I, I hope that makes sense, Aman. Yeah, yeah it, it completely makes sense. And I, and I really agree with uh, the last part that you said, mm -hmm. especially like, you know, we, we, we're going to end up suppressing this. Like, 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 you know, even right now, you'll see a lot of people they're already thinking about the future. Like they're yeah. like post pandemic, we're going to do this, do this post pandemic, we're going to do that. But nobody talks about how, what are you going to do now? How are you going to yeah. deal with what's currently happening? Yeah. This it's just like you know because they're trying to escape this escapism. Yeah. I'd yeah. say that's yeah. that's their escapism, yeah. thinking about the future, and yeah, they just don't want to deal with the current situation because they find it too overwhelming. Which is which is fair. I mean that's completely okay. Definitely. But I think suppressing will cause them more harm in the long run, like you said, mm -hmm. like, you know, than just, uh, you know, facing it. Yeah, because so, I'm, I'm worried about, you know, uh, family patterns, uh, because what we go through or what we experience isn't mm -hmm. only limited to us. We carry it forward to, you know, the next generation as well. 
and you know sort of we we are at this stage we were you know supposed to be a generation in india and our history is very important especially after independence you know we are at a luxurious state to be talking about mental health and all of that so yeah. you know given the opportunity of taking this forward but you know it's sort of like you know a crossroads and we need to make a, a wise decision we need to make a more informed decision about how we are going to be and what kind of parents we want to be if we even want to be parents you know and i think i think that's an important thing because this is not just in terms of mental health but it's also in terms of development and growth of the entire society and entire community it's not just limited to you and i but to all of us you know uh, that that forms this nation i'm talking just about india i'm not talking about the world uh, yeah. because you know the western countries the more developed ones the first world ones have other things going on in their favor and you know we are sort of in 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 like a middle ground we are not completely underdeveloped or we are not fully developed as well and yeah. this was sort of like you know the time period where we were growing and growing so that's sort of what also uh, you know uh, scares yeah. me yeah 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 okay with you hmm. oh those quite a good episode it hit hard i'd say uh, mm-hmm. honestly uh, it was really very real but i mean I, we need to hear this you know honestly definitely, like definitely. we need to hear this and hmm. i feel like a lot to take back from this episode a lot to uh, understand from it mm-hmm. you know and i think mm-hmm. a lot of learnings uh, for me personally and i'm pretty sure for everyone who would be listening as well mm-hmm. so thank that you manish that for being with us yes yes you're welcome and to everyone who's listening thank you for listening and i'll see you in the next episode